All right, good morning, Riverside. How are you? Yes, 2021. Here we go. Uh, hey, so glad you've decided to join us on the first Sunday of the year. Holy smokes. I'm so excited. I really do feel like just, I, I, I'm so excited about uh, 2021. And uh, before we kind of get to that, though, I did want to tell you just a, a little bit of family business for you. Um, so last year, last semester, all year long, we did uh, an initiative for our community called Lord Include Me. And all year long, we set an alarm, hopefully you did on your phone, and uh, we prayed, Lord, this is not me, I'm not created for me, it's not my day, I belong to you, would you include me with your agenda? And then on Sunday mornings, we celebrated that all year long. Well, Excited to tell you that this semester, uh, we're going to do a new initiative called This Is My Story. And I am really excited because all semester long, what you are going to see up on Sunday mornings is somebody share their personal testimony of how they came to know Jesus Christ. And they're going to do that with the under about, and this is the hard part, about two minutes, which is really, really difficult. But we believe that there is nothing more powerful than a transformed life. There is nothing more powerful than when somebody meets Jesus and he becomes real for the very first time. And we think your story is beautiful and worth telling. And so Sunday mornings, uh, you're going to get to see people from our community just like you share their story of how they met Jesus. And so that'll be kind of launching off next week. Now listen, we believe that every single follower of Jesus, whether you're you're brand new or you've been around Riverside a long time, we believe every follower of Jesus needs to be able to articulate their story, needs to be able to speak out what God has done in their life. And so starting next week, we'll have some opportunities to come alongside you. If you find it like, I don't even know how to, where do I even start with that? Like, do I have a story? Like, Lord, help me. Um, we're going to come alongside you starting next week, and we'll provide you some opportunities and some uh, options for coming alongside you and helping you begin to articulate your story. And so look for those starting next week. And then on top of that, uh, our hope is, is that we get to celebrate um, how Jesus became real in your life all semester long. And so we look forward to uh, starting that initiative called This Is My Story starting next week. But uh, it's going to be beautiful, but I'm super excited uh, that 2020 is over. Amen. Come on, folks. Yes, I'm grateful it's over. I'm really excited about 2021, and uh, I'm coming in hot. Let me be honest. I'm coming in full of anticipation. I'm coming in full of great uh, excitement and prayed up over us, prayed up over our community, prayed up for you to experience Jesus in a way that maybe you've never experienced him before. I'm praying that 2021 would be a banner year for you, that you would grow in ways that you didn't even know were possible. Like as parents, there is this strange thing that happens where you have your first kid and you realize that you weren't even alive without him. In some sort of strange way, like there is this part of your life that was missing until you had kids, it was like, oh, he like breathes light. I'm praying that that would be true for you this year. I'm praying that there would be this birth inside of you that you are able to say, I didn't even know I could become more fully alive than I am this year. I'm praying massive things for us this year. I mean, how 
Honestly, how cynical do you have to be not to pray that? How, I mean, can you just imagine, like, I know that this is, uh, listen, if we have to say global pandemic one more time, I don't know that I'm going to be able to handle it, but coming off of the year that we had, I'm looking forward with just, all, the doors are open for 2021, and I'm so excited. I'm praying that this would be a banner year for Riverside. I'm praying that we would see and experience things in this community that we've never experienced before. I'm praying that this would be a first love community. Meaning that if there are those that have been following Jesus for a really long time, uh, that you would come back to your first love and that it would get out of the routine of church and community and study and prayer, but that there would be like, man, I get to be with the one who created and loves me. And I would pray that if you've walked with Jesus for a long time, that you would return to your first love. And you know what I'm also praying? I'm praying that this place would be a place that introduces people to their first love. That Riverside would be a community that would be known for first-generation followers of Jesus Christ. I'm praying that those that have been walking with the Lord for a really long time would say, my life does not belong to me. I belong to him, and because that, I get sucked up into his purpose, and Jesus' purpose is leaving the 99 to go after the one. His eye is always on the one that has wandered off, and that Riverside would be a place of radical love and hospitality and willingness that we set down our personal preferences so that we can love the one that's standing in front of us. I'm praying that. I'm praying massive. Why would you not pray that? Why would you not pray that over our community? I'm praying, we, we, we went to Branson over Christmas. On Christmas Day, our family went to Branson with my in-laws. And on our way home, we started to talk about, I don't know if you guys make resolutions or uh, kind of dream about like, hey, what could this year look like? And I know that's even hard to do when you're coming off of 2020. But me and my wife started to, to dream and talk about those possibilities uh, for this year. And let me be honest, uh, three days in, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> January John is on fire right now, but there's something that's really funny that happens over the course of the year, doesn't it? The plane takes off real strong, and then all of a sudden it begins to lose a little altitude with all of the great dreams and things I've committed to and resolutions, and do you guys have that same problem? And I, I found out, do you know how many people actually keep the resolutions throughout the year? Do you know how many? Nine percent. Nine percent. Every single year, that, that number holds just about true for, for, for people. And so if you've broken your resolutions, well done. You're already in the majority of the people. And I think you have to ask yourself, why is that? Like, how can we start this year? Like, yes, Lord, come on. We've got everything in front of us. The doors are open. We're coming after you. And then we, like, tank it. Why is that? Is it because we, like, we don't lack vision for our lives? Is it because we don't lack a heart that like, wants things? Is it because we don't have a plan? Is it because, I, I don't know, is it for a lot of different reasons? And, and here's what I've been thinking about. I think it really boils down to something pretty simple. And I think it really boils down to one thing that will determine whether you grow in your relationship with the Lord. 
that you grow in a way that maybe you've never grown before. And it's really not that difficult of a thing. In fact, it boils down to actually just one thing, for you to seize hold of the life that God has intended for you to live, designed it, and created it for you. There's one thing, and that is, are you willing? Are you willing to do anything and everything to seize the life that Christ has made available to you? And here's the truth that you need to hear this this morning. The life that God has invited you into, the life that he's designed and created for you, is not like a pipe dream that's just out there. It's not a possibility. It's a promise. If you want to grow this year in your relationship with the Lord, if you want to begin to walk in more intimacy and walk with a fuller heart, full of courage and hope and determination and grit, and you want to begin to experience the voice of God in your life, steadying you, drawing you forward, did you know that there is nothing holding you back? And it's not only a possibility. It is a promise from God himself that you can grow. You are actually designed and intended to grow. And all of that depends on one thing, your willingness. Are you willing? So this morning, that's what we're going to talk about. I'm going to lay out kind of three different simple ideas about the way that people typically approach life. And these are not things that I came up with. Actually, I stole them from a pastor that I listened to. Uh, But it's brilliant. And I think it's incredibly helpful for us to have some framework to begin to think about how do you actually grow this year? If your goal is to grow in your relationship with the Lord, how do you actually begin to do that? And I think these are three fundamental principles about the way all of us approach life. So I want to roll those out for you. First one is this, wasting. There are, I I believe that's not you, but there are a, a, a section of people that approach life just as if it happens to them. That if They are like a ship without a rudder. They just kind of go wherever the wind goes. You know these type of people that say things like, this is just kind of the way my life is. This is the way that kind of things go for me. And it's like they lack any type of ambition or purpose or it's they always position themselves as one that it's always happening to, but that don't have the invitation to take a step forward with their life. Honestly, this scares me. I don't want to get to the end of my days and look back and say, I just wandered. I was a ship without a rudder, and I just responded, and I never reacted. And at the end of my days, I wasted my life. I wasted the gift that God has given me. This is not the vast majority of people, I don't believe. The vast majority of people fall into this category, wanting. You have people that waste their life, then you have people that want. Now, here's the thing. I believe that there are many of us in here that, uh, that come into this year wanting to grow spiritually, that are wanting to engage the, the relationship with Jesus, that actually want the life that God has intended, that actually want to seize hold of everything that he has in store, everything that he has paid for. But there are also people in here that want to lose 10 pounds, There are people in here that want to get a hold of 
their finances. There are people that want a lot of things in life, but it always seems like, like it's just out of their grasp. Like it's just on the other side of the hill. Like, like you have this picture of how things should be, and yet it never actually real, becomes realized. There's a whole lot of people that live their life wanting things, but never actually taking a hold of it. And this, friends, is the vast majority of us. The vast majority of us are in this seat where we want things. But this last thing is the thing that will determine actually whether you decide you're going to grow this year or not. Is are you willing? Are you willing to do everything and anything to seize hold of the life that God has intended for you. Those are three fundamentally very, very different approaches to how we come to engage life. One of them is things just happen to us, and at the end of our days we look back and we think, man, I've wasted the gift. And then there's a whole massive section of us that walk through life wanting a lot of things, but we find ourselves unwilling to actually walk that out. Three fundamental different ways that we approach faith. And I believe that you are here because you want to grow. And I believe that you're here checking us out online because you want to grow. You would not be here the first Sunday of the year during a holiday break, while we're still on break, if you did not want to grow spiritually this year. And I just want to tell you that it boils down to Not do you want to grow, but are you willing? Are you willing to do everything and anything to seize hold of the life that God has promised? John 15 says, if you remain in me, I will remain in you, and you will bear much fruit. You will grow. You will walk in the fruits of the Spirit. You will taste the good life that God has intended for you. The door, friends, the door is open. There is no barriers in your way that are limiting your ability to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ this year. No door. Jesus has broken down every obstacle put in your way so that you have full access to him. Full access to him. Now, here's another truth, though, that you need to hear. While that is true... Another truth exists on the other side of the spectrum, and that is this. Did you know that you never will coast into spiritual health? You will never coast to spiritual health. You will never do it. Last semester, we walked through the book of Timothy, and Paul wrote to young Timothy over and over and over again and said, listen, the call to following Jesus is not downstream living. It is a call to upstream living, Timothy. You are Timothy, young Timothy, brother in Christ. You don't drift towards health. You are going to, all you have to do to be unhealthy is do nothing because the drift is always towards unhealth. You will not wake up in the morning and say, you know what? You know what happened? I find myself just praying all of the time these days. I like, I'm praying when I wake up in the morning. I'm praying on my way to work in the, mo- in the morning. I'm praying on my lunch break. I'm praying in the evenings. I'm like praying without ceasing all of the time. And I don't even know where it started, John. 
Like, you won't do that. You won't say, you know what happened? The Lord woke me up 30 minutes before my alarm time. And you know what happened? I just magically got out of bed and found myself digging into the scriptures. And I don't even know when that started. Like, I've been reading the scriptures all day long. You know what, John? I've just stumbled into being a generous person. Like, I love to give money away. God has just trusted me with all of these different resources. And I don't know what happened, but I understand now that everything I have is a gift from him. And so I just love to give stuff away. I love to be generous with the church. I love to be generous with kingdom initiatives. I love to be generous with young life and missionaries. And I don't even know when it started. You never will stumble into spiritual health, friends. It will not happen. You don't stumble into health. You always lean towards unhealth. The determining factor whether you will grow this year or not is not do you want to, because all of us want a lot of things. But the question for us to consider this morning is are you willing? Are you willing to grow? Are you willing to do everything and anything to seize the life that God has intended for you? Because the offer's on the table from him. He's pushed all of his chips in and says, I'm all in with you. Are you willing? I want to show you uh, just a couple pictures this morning of what I think willingness actually looks like from the scriptures. And so if you have your Bibles or if you want to follow along on your um, YouVersion app, we're going to be in Mark 10. Where it's a really good picture of what I think willingness actually looks like. And so I want to compare a couple of different images that the Bible offers up for us. And so Mark 10, starting in verse 17. Probably, if you grew up around church, it might be a pretty familiar story to you. But for those that have stumbled in here that may be new to following Jesus or new to engaging the Scriptures... This is a story that is later in Jesus' ministry, where Jesus has become very popular and people are beginning to follow him. And there's this whole religious sect that is set against him because he is one that has operating with great authority and they've never seen anything like him and they're very threatened by Jesus. And so that's kind of where our story picks up in Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 17. It says this, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit good life, good, uh, eternal life? So what is the posture of this man that you see? Is he passive? Absolutely not. He is actually very, he wants something from Jesus so much that he is willing to run and throw himself down at the feet of Jesus and ask, he recognizes that Jesus has something that he does not have, that his life is somehow uh, not, there's a void in his life that only that this rabbi can offer up to him. And so this story is found in three of the four different gospel accounts. And in a couple of the other gospel accounts, we get a little bit more information about who this guy is. He is known as the rich young ruler, which should tell you a whole lot about this guy with just those three words, that he's rich, he's got lots of money, he's young, 
and he is the ruler, evidently, of uh, something. We don't actually know. And the scripture doesn't say this, but I imagine he's just one of those guys that's got like the six-pack abs as well, and he's driving the new Ford Bronco. Like, this is a guy that has his stuff together. Like, we would look at him and say, man, if he comes in here to Riverside, we would say, man, that's a pretty faithful guy right there. Like, his life is pretty put together, isn't it? That's kind of our perception on him. But look at what it says uh, uh, as it keeps going in the scripture. Verse 18, this is Jesus talking here. It says this, why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God. So he's kind of pushing back on him a little bit. And he says, you know the commandments. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, you shall not defraud, honor your father and mother. And so he just kind of starts listing out some very basic things about what it means to be a follower of God. And so look at what it says in verse 20. Teacher, he declared, all these things I have kept since I was a young boy. Now, not only is this guy a rich young ruler, He's a spiritual somebody. He has done all of the right things. He has checked all of the right boxes. He has it, honestly, by all accounts, just looking at him from the outside, he has it pretty put together. And here's the truth. I I, I know something about this guy because I was him in a lot of ways. I was not rich, and I was not a ruler, but I was young. And, and all throughout, I grew up in this thing called the church, and this beautiful mess thing called the church. And all through middle school and high school, uh, I was drugged to church. And uh, I'm super thankful for that, actually. And I was there, honestly, sometimes twice a week, Sunday mornings, and when I got into high school on Wednesday nights, mostly for the ladies, mostly for the girls, but I was still going. And as you kind of looked, if you would have looked at my life, you would have seen somebody um, that looked pretty put together, just from the outside. Somebody that was really involved with youth, somebody that was uh, into sports, somebody that could tell you all of the right answers to the questions that just looking at his life, you would have said, man, that's a pretty faithful person. But beneath the the surface told a really different story. Beneath the surface, I worked really, really, really hard about keeping that up. And when I blew it, I worked doubly as hard to make sure that I measured up. Because somewhere along the line, I bought into this lie that the only way that God will accept me is if I keep doing more things. If I have the right spiritual report card, that I don't have Fs on my spiritual report card, that he looks at my life and he says, check, 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 then I will love you. And just like this rich young ruler, the rich young ruler, he knew the gig. He knew the, the code. He knew the right answers to the test. He knew the routine, but ultimately it did not give him the life that God had intended him to live. And what I've found 
is that in all my striving, in all my effort, in all of my energy to measure up, I never found relationship. I only found religion. And religion, friends, is very, very tiring. Very tiring. And it's just like the story of this rich young ruler. He knows the gig, but his heart is disconnected from actually relationship. This guy runs up to Jesus and he falls on the ground and says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And look at kind of in verse 21 how Jesus responds to him. Jesus, what's it say? Looked at him and loved him. He loved him in spite of his spiritual report card. He loved him for all of the ways that he had his life together, that he had kind of managed his life, that he was a place of influence, that he was wealthy. Jesus loved him for all those reasons. And he also loved him for all the reasons that his life was a mess, for all the reasons that his life had wandered off, for all of the reasons that he had totally missed the mark. And friends, Jesus just loved him. He just loved him for all the ways he had it together and all the ways he did it. And I don't know what you see when you look in the mirror, but if you maybe hear one thing this morning, did you know that? When Jesus looks at this man, there is not a rejection for, for, for this man, but it's the same look that Jesus had for the woman caught in adultery. He looked at her, he looked at him with great compassion, and he loved him. Did you know that? Did you know that? Did you know that when he, you look in the mirror, there's somebody that is looking at you that loves you desperately? Look at what it says. Uh, in verse 21, it says this. One thing you lack, just one thing, one small thing, friends, one thing. Go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come and follow me. Just one little detail. Just one little detail of your life. Just take your whole life and take it off the table and then you can come and follow me. That one small little detail, Jesus, now, you have to understand that what is Jesus actually getting at here? Do you think that, the man, that Jesus is really after the man's money? Absolutely not. What he's actually after is what? The man's willingness. Is he willing to remove anything from his life that has clearly has a grip on his heart? Is he willing to take everything off the plate clearly is controlling this man's life and uh, keeping him from the life that Jesus has actually offered and intending. And are you willing, are you willing to let go of everything that is gripping your heart? That is a very, very, very different place from where the man started his encounter with Jesus. Look at how the story ends. In verse 22, it says this. At this, the man's face fell down. And he went away sad because he had such great wealth. At the beginning of the story, he runs to Jesus, throws himself at his feet and says, I want only what you can give me. And Jesus says, okay. And what is he actually getting at? Not the man's want, 
but the man's willingness. Are you willing to let go of anything and everything that is keeping you from the life that Jesus has intended? Now, what's fascinating here, friends, is there is another story in the scripture found in Luke 19, and it's the story of Zacchaeus. And I don't know if you know this story, but the story of Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was an incredibly wealthy tax collector, incredibly wealthy, which means he's cheated a whole lot of people. He's a despised person, somebody outside of the community, somebody that really nobody wants to be like and nobody likes. And Zacchaeus hears that Jesus is coming by. He doesn't even want to meet Jesus, but he just hears, he catches word that, that Jesus is coming by and he climbs a tree because he's a wee little guy. He climbs a tree just to get a glimpse at Jesus. And Jesus is walking and stops and says, that one, Zacchaeus. What I love about the story is Jesus knows Zacchaeus' name before Zacchaeus even knows Jesus. What a beautiful picture. Zacchaeus, get down. I'm coming to your house. And what is the next thing that we kind of see unfolding in the story? I love it. Zacchaeus is surrounded by, the scripture says, notorious sinners. And I love that. I love that Zacchaeus is rolling with really shady people, and yet he freely welcomes Jesus into that environment. What a beautiful picture for us. And look at what it says. Look at Zacchaeus' response to Jesus as we kind of wrap things up. Zacchaeus stood up. And said to the Lord, now watch, Jesus has not even bumped him with kind of the willingness test yet, like we saw in the rich young ruler. He's just eating with Zacchaeus, and look at how Zacchaeus responds. Look, Lord, right here, right now, I will give half of my possessions to the poor if I have cheated anybody, and most certainly he had. And I will pay it back four times the amount. Friends, that is willingness. That is willingness. In both of these stories, you have uh, people that are struggling with the grip that money has on their life. The rich young ruler certainly, and Zacchaeus has made his living. But what do you see is the distinction between the two of them? One comes in wanting, and the other comes in willing. Willing. He's willing. And so often the truth is money has a grip on our lives. I mean, I, I, ugh, you can ask my bride, I struggle. It is a difficult thing to not let money grip your heart, especially coming in spending too much at Christmas and going on a family vacation afterwards. And it's like so oftentimes money is like this warm blanket that we throw over ourselves like on a cold night that makes us feel safe and secure and offers us this false sense of peace. And Jesus goes right at it with both of them. I know you want, but are you willing? And the truth is, it's not please. It's with a thousand different things. It is not just money. It is with a thousand different things. Jesus, this year is going to be a banner year for me. I want to hear your voice, God. Your voice is going to be the loudest voice in the room. I only want what you have and yet, the first thing I do in the morning before I get out of bed is grab my phone and I'll scroll through the so stuff, the social media stuff. But Lord, your voice is the loudest voice in the, in the room. And over and over again, we look at everybody else's opinion. Are you willing? Are you willing? 
We'll spend hours on social media doing it. Just hours. Lord, I love my life. Like, like 2020 was hard, but like we're in a really good spot. Like my family is good, and I've got my kids are good, my families are good. I've got if you're in middle school, high school, I've got friends, I've got like the, the thing all lined up. It's really good, Lord. And if you could just kind of work within this perspective right here, then we would be really okay. But Lord, don't make me uncomfortable. Don't stretch me. Like, like I gave you the five minutes in the morning, but the rest of the day belongs to me. Are you willing? Are you willing? There are many of us in here that struggle with like secret addiction. And a lot of us want to get better. But that's not the question, is it? The question is, are you willing to do anything and everything to seize the life that God has intended for you? All of us have these willingness tests that we walk into this year. Mine is, um, I talk a lot. I talk for a living. That's kind of my gig. And oftentimes I stumble into this place where I study and I prepare and I'll listen to hundreds of podcasts on many, many different things. And it's so that I'll come up here and have something to say on Sunday mornings. And my input is for output. And the thing that the Lord has been just messing with me this last year and particularly now looking at another year is I have some things I want to say to you, John, that are not for anybody else, that are just for you. I want to meet with you, not so that you'll have something to say, not so that you'll have something to teach, not so that people will think you are pretty thoughtful about things, but I have some things I want to say to you just for you, for nobody else. And my willingness test is, will I make room for that? Will I make room for the things that ultimately matter most? And friends, I just believe that you're here on the first Sunday of the year. You're watching us online, and we're at this crossroads. And Jesus is saying, I know you're wanting. I know you're wanting. I know you're wanting. But that's not the question that's on the table. The question that is on the table is, are you willing? And here's the thing that I know. The good news in all this is, and I know you came the first Sunday of the year, for like a pep talk rally. But here's the truth about this. You're already really good at being willing with a whole lot of different things, right? You showed up this morning or you tuned in online. That means that last night you thought about, I'm going to get up and go to church in the morning. You are willing. You are willing to get, get up and, I mean, all of you are dressed. <laughs> and you didn't even think about it. You are willing. You are willing to spend money so that you can have clothes to put on to come to church on Sunday morning. You are watching TV. You're watching us online. It means you tuned in. You spent your resources on the internet so that you have an opportunity to connect. You are already really, really good at being willing for a thousand different things. But the question for us to consider this morning is, are you willing to do the things that matter actually the most? the most. 
Are you really willing for this year to be a radical year of transformation? That you look back at 2021, despite whatever is ahead of us, and say, I have never grown like I did in the year 2021. The Lord got a hold of my heart in a fresh way. Maybe for the very first time, or maybe you've been walking with the Lord a long time, but the Lord just gets a hold of your heart in this fresh and profound way. Now here's what I want us to do this morning. David's going to come back up and just play for us in a little, for a few minutes. And here's what I want you to consider. On your chairs, you found a note card. And here's what I want you to do just for a brief couple of minutes. What is maybe one, maybe two areas of your life where maybe you've been wanting to grow in for a really long time? And maybe this year the Lord is inviting you, stop it. Stop wanting. It's not going to get you anywhere. But will you walk this out by being willing? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take just a brief moment to write down maybe one or two areas that maybe you've struggled with this last year. It's a great place to start. You feel like you're stuck. You feel like you're just keep bumping up against that wall in that same area. Maybe, maybe that's the area that the Lord wants to highlight for you. But here's what I want to tell you. If there are things that only you can do, there are things that only you can do, and there are things that only the Lord can do. There is a partnership, but there are things that only you can do. There's things that only you can do. You can't save yourself. That belongs to the Lord. You can't forgive yourself. That has already been spoken for us. I know you've tried for all the ways you've blown it in the past. That belongs to the Lord. Giving you worth and value. That's not something you do. That's something that the Lord does inside of you. But there are things that only you can do. John, John, here's the thing. I want to read the Bible more this year. Great. What does that mean? I want you to be very specific. When are you going to read the Bible? How are you going to read the Bible? Are you going to read one verse in the morning? Are you going to read a chapter in the morning? Are you going to read for 15 minutes in the morning? Be very specific about this. Here's the thing. In the story, the rich young ruler runs up to Jesus and makes this, I want what you got, and what does Jesus do? Jesus gets very specific with them. One thing, one thing you lack, sell everything and give it away to the poor. Jesus gets real specific with them. Look at what happens with the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus comes out of the tree and is like, Lord, here and now, if I've cheated anybody, I'll give them away four times the amount I've cheated them. Very specific. And oftentimes the ship sinks because we don't get specific enough. And I want you to be very specific with something that you want to grow in this year. John, this year, man, I want to pray more. Great. What does that mean? What does more look like in your life? Are you going to have a set time? Are you going to pray multiple times a day? How, are you going to maybe take one of our classes that help you learn how to engage God's heart? Can you do that? 
Like, maybe you want to grow in your generosity this year. Great, I want to be a more generous person. What does more mean? Like, more generous than never? More generous than you were last year? Like, am I going to say, hey, this will be the year that I start partnering and helping fuel the mission of this community? Great, how are you going to do that? Are you going to be consistent? Are you going to be regular? Are you going to do a certain amount? What are you going to do? But I think there's a key in here for us. It's in the details. It really is in the details. Be specific. I just want you to have one or two things that you are willing to grow in this year. So I want to give you just 30 seconds to write those down real quick. Just take 30 seconds to write one or two areas that you would be willing to grow in this year. Here's the second part of that. Place that somewhere where you will see it. And here's, here's, the, here's the biggest challenge. Snap a photo of it and text it to three people. Hey, at church this morning, I've decided I'm not going to be wanting anymore, but I'm going to be willing. Would you come alongside me this year and be praying for me? I hate to say I dare you, but like I dare you. Text it to three people today. I hope this community, I hope all of our online friends that are joining us, I hope that your phone blows up all day long with people that are saying, hey, this is where I really want to meet the Lord this year. Would you be willing to pray with me? And how powerful would it be for this time next year to say, hey, this was a community that definitely didn't just want to grow but that we seize God's promise and his faithfulness of growing. And we did that by being willing.